Hello, my name is David Johnson and welcome to the Art of Covid chat. We're talking with artists who work in the Fens region about the work and the challenges they face during the pandemic of 2020 and 21. Today we have one artist from Nottingham who hails from Wisbeach and the other one from Norfolk. Uh, please welcome Leanne Moden and Belle Greenwood. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, the artists have a background in writing and poetry. Would you please introduce yourself, Leanne? Hi, my name's Leanne, Leanne Moden. I am a poet, writer um, and theatre maker. I'm originally from Wisbeach, but I've escaped and now I'm living in the East Midlands in Nottingham. I'm currently writing a play based on growing up in Wisbeach. Uh, it's about music, identity, belonging and uh, accidentally becoming a teenage goth. So that's quite an interesting uh, look at the at the area. My main influences in terms of poetry, I've been writing poetry for about 10 years, and my main influences are people like Holly McNish, uh, Vanessa Casule, uh, Kate Tempest, and I'm really into Caroline Bird and uh, Jasmine Gardosi as well. So uh, yeah, that's me. Cool. Thank you very much. And Belle, would you like to tell us about, about yourself? I'm living in Norwich. I'm a writer, scriptwriter, and a creative facilitator. So I, I work a lot in community and in schools. I'm co-director of a, a script a regional script development company, and and also I have something called the Flying Shop of Imagination because I'm wedded to the idea of imagination and how important it is. And without it, there can be no empathy. So I work with an artist, Kate Monroe. Uh, with that, so we're, we're sort of doing multimodal projects, and mainly at children. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm sort of writing, and I'm, but I'm also doing quite a lot of theatre. I was before the pandemic, and I very, very luckily, my, my, I've just finished writing the script for a play about a 19th century lunatic asylum. So, which was wonderful, actually, <laughs> it's wonderful to do, uh, which was uh, commissioned by the Restoration Trust and Norfolk Records Office. And it's been working with, part, you know, with researchers, participants who have mental health problems. And, you know, they've been researching the case histories and I've written a play, but it can't be a play. Uh, it is a play, but it's going to be filmed rather than, sort of on the stage because of the situation and I've just um I've just sort of creating these eco fable podcasts because I'm also part of a collective for combating climate change through the arts in Norfolk uh and I'm working in in the Fenland area and uh sort of working online in Zoom uh sort of within the community uh, with community writing sort of projects and projects associated with the landscape. So. Artistic influences. I find this really difficult because every, there's so much that you could choose, but I, I think I have to go with William Blake. It's been very important. And uh, as for a playwright, Rebecca Lenkiewicz, you know, who wrote Her Naked Skin. Um, otherwise, it's almost everything. everything I read, everything around, it's really hard to pin it down I always want to go to music and and say you know growing up with David Bowie I mean so so all my influences they're just all around every day Mm. if that makes sense whoever I happen to be reading I think that comes to it that's always a good way let's start at where you you begin what what sort of um, you you talk about influences all around you 
if you were starting a piece of work, where how would you go about um, if you had a project? Where would you start? What would be your sort of go-to places to sort of get the ball rolling? Um, I suppose it's where ideas for anything come, and, they, and, that, and quite honestly, they can just pop into your head from walking down the road, you know, from being in a supermarket, from overhearing someone uh, saying something. So, but once I have got an idea, so I, if I'm thinking, I think about the next play that I'm going to write, it's, it's just come from thinking about a silent character, as some a character in an existing play who never speaks and wondering what they would have to say if they were given that opportunity. Uh, and quite, quite a lot of what I do is about people's voices and, and making people's voices, trying to, to provide space for the unheard to have a hearing, if you like. That's quite important to me. Um, and why I set up Words and Women, which... Um, which has stopped now, but it was about giving public space to women artists and women writers. And run for seven years. God, I did, honestly, they, they just, honestly, just come from anywhere. I don't know. It's, it's really quite hard, David, to pin it down. Yeah. It's you just get an idea in your head. It's keeping your eyes open and being open. I think it's being open yeah. to an idea. What about yeah, you, Leanne? I completely I... agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I write a lot to commission, so somebody will send me a brief or ask me to write a poem based on a certain theme. For example, I'm writing a commission at the moment, which is for somebody who wants me to write something about their new home, um, a poem for their new home. So when you're writing to commission, obviously the ideas have to be funneled in a certain direction. You can't just sort of wait for the inspiration to strike. So I'm a really big fan of this idea of free writing, which is where you give yourself uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes on a little timer somewhere and just write around the topic um, that you've been given. Uh, write the first thing that comes into your head. Um, write and write and write. There's no rules. You can write whatever you want. And the only rule in the no rules is that um, once you put your, your pen to the paper, um, you mustn't stop. And I find that really helpful in getting all all the ideas that might be sort of half formed in my head or mm. um, all the interesting lines or interesting phrases out. And once I've done that, I'm then in a really good position to go, okay, how, how will I make this into something? And for me, that's a really nice stepping stone to um, write a poem. My process for writing is a little bit convoluted in that I write a poem, decide whether I like it or not, and then think about writing it again in a different format if it doesn't quite work for me so sometimes poems have like four five six iterations before they become something that makes sense which is very like not efficient in any way but I don't think art should be efficient so that's all right yeah did you want to add Bill? Um, now, I, I'm going to agree with you entirely, especially about that um, idea of just writing, because you always surprise yourself. You never know what's going to come out. Yeah. I was going to add that, that the thing about ideas just coming from anywhere is that in a way we're kind of like story machines. So we've taken all this information that's around us from outside and characters and people we know, and then, uh, you know, and then when we release it, it just comes out in a new form. I, I do sort of believe that we're like that. How do you find, or have you had to change the way you work in the last 12 months during lockdown? Has that affected your your process? 
Yes. Before lockdown, I had um, preset days of the week that I was writing. So um, for me, Thursdays and Fridays were writing days. Since lockdown and changes in circumstance, uh, changes in my sort of non-creative workload, because like a lot of creative people, I have part-time jobs outside of the creative arts in order to make ends meet. And changes to that have meant that I've now had to grab time to write where I can around the edges of things. So for me, that looks like half an hour in the morning, perhaps, or like uh, maybe an hour late at night. And that's actually been really, although it was disruptive to start with and a bit of a challenge to get into a new rhythm, it's actually been really nice to have that change and that shake up. And it's now that I'm used to it. Um, it's produced some really interesting stuff that I don't think I would have been able to do had I not had that constraint of Mm. time. Sometimes um, I find uh, my best writing comes when I'm sort of pushed for time or I have a constraint or there's something there other than just the blank page, you know? So uh, I'm trying to take that as a real positive from what has been a really tricky time and I'm sure a really tricky time for a lot of us. That's quite, it's quite funny. It's been fine. Oh, well, I, I feel very lucky because I got, I had a commission that arrived just, that had been funded before the pandemic because a lot of my work was affected by the lockdown uh, and like overnight literally lost all my income it was hard to take advantage of the sudden time because because it's so important to give yourself permission to write and when you have got to think about paying the rent that it is actually it's quite hard to do that so I was really lucky and I have been able to write and I I lost all my teaching I couldn't go into schools for example so um I was in a position where I, I could bring out a, a resource book, you know, so I was able to do something like that, which to bring in money. But actually, apart from the commission being free to write other things, was quite hard to give yourself permission because you're trying to negotiate this new world, if you like. And I think it's been like that for, for an enormous number of writers. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's just processing what's been going on uh, and allowing that to come out and and some of my energies were going into uh, doing things like running that competition for for scripts about lockdown and and sort of facilitating work to arrive so I'm still not completely back to the kind of writing pattern that I would like to be living with I think it's been very hard on on creative people actually I think we're luckier in some ways but um, and used to insecurity but I think it's 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 tough. Yeah, it has certainly hit the arts quite quite heavily. I think some some people are more lucky than others. And they've managed to to keep going, but yeah, it has had a massive knock on effect. Well, in that sort of light, then, what have you sort of discovered about yourself during this this period? You know, have you have you learnt any new skills? No, I was going to say I've learned how to clean my house better, but that's not true. Actually, <laughs> all the things that um, I do you know I. Uh, it's not related to, to writing, but I really did last year produce a, a bloody good flower bed. I've just, I've learned the value of simplicity. 
mm. and um, given myself sometimes the gift of time because it was very good to slow down as like the Anne and like a lot of creatives and I had other job jobs as well and I'm if I look back over um, last you know last year the year before last year all I'm writing is how tired I am and and although it's been stressful from another point of view there was this lessening of, of work and everything that was that was lovely so I learned how attached I am to simplicity and quietness and reflection and and not racing around so much from a creative point of view can't tell you the pleasure of just slowing down and and looking at things and thinking and uh, sort of thinking creatively about stuff and, and allowing things to emerge slowly. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I think so. There's there's definitely a it although the jobs have stopped, it's sort of it's had a chance to sort of declutter a lot of stuff that have been hanging around and sort of finishing off those things that needed to be finished off. So it's almost like a chance to put a line in the sand and then start afresh as we go into this sort of new phase. Yeah, so um, I've sort of learned how much I value being in creative spaces with other people um, mm. and connection and how sort of bouncing ideas off people in spaces and listening to other people's writing and performances was much more the cornerstone of my writing practice than I than I thought. I was surprised to find that I sort of was much more extroverted than I ever thought I was. I really have missed talking to people in real time, in real space. And I think that has been difficult for me personally, just getting inspiration from those conversations and and sort of using that level of connection to as as sort of creative inspiration and giving myself a a sort of boost so yeah I think very strangely it's given me the space to have to be grateful for you never you never realize what you are grateful for until you don't have it anymore right so um yeah when we are able to get back into rooms together to do open mics to do performances um i'm going to grab those opportunities with both hands mm. magic of being in a rehearsal room like as a as a theater writer you know uh with people with the actors with you know just i just have a lot a longing it's such a yeah. because because so much art is collaborative. There's always that idea of the lone artist, but even as a writer and you as a performance poet, but you know, as a actually, they're hugely collaborative occupations. You know, and and, and write, or anyway, writers especially need it. Uh, so with the um, script development company, so we are storylining sometimes or, or collaboratively working as writers. And normally we would be in one room together, and now we're on Zoom. It, the, it's so difficult. It's really strange. The quality of interaction is is reduced. I mean, it really is. I mean, we know each other very well, but it's not as pleasurable. It's so strange, you know, using words, thinking up the story, but. I don't. I don't know. You know, just physically being in the room with that energy going on, I miss. Mm. I miss you very much. 
Yeah, I agree. And that's not to say that I think all of us aren't grateful for having the technology to be able to connect like this over Zoom, because I do think that without it, we would be much, we'd have, we'd have had a much worse year over the past year. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's a substitute for all being together. No, I quite agree. Do you get a lot of your projects that are mainly contracted or do you get a chance to sort of do your own creations? Because um, I know some people are sort of, there's a very different split. There's you, I get paid to do most of mine and then sometimes I get to do things that I like to do, whereas other people are the other way around. Sort of how does that work for you? So mine is, it's, it's very different year on year. I would say that it varies from about 50-50 to sometimes sort of 75% in favour of community-based projects. And some of that is because I really love doing community-based projects, work in schools, um, workshop leading, putting together anthologies with groups of people. Those are kind of uh, the kinds of projects that I really enjoy doing. Um, it's also from a sadly very uh, mercenary point of view. Those are often the kinds of projects where a creative facilitator can find uh, a little bit of money to pay the rent, as um, Belle was talking about a little bit earlier on. But I always try my best to have projects on the go as well that are stuff that's primarily for me, because as I was saying before, I think that writing should primarily be something that you do for yourself. I run a poetry collective uh, in Beeston, which is uh, part of Nottingham where I live at the moment, and we do a lot of sessions where we sit and write together, and those are things and things that come out of that um, that I then sort of put together for for writing projects. I'm also, as I mentioned, writing a theatre piece at the moment and trying desperately to find some funding for that. And that's, that's a whole nother story. But um, Have you tried the, the Arts Council the do your own project? David, yes, they've said no to me. Oh, OK. <laughs> but, um, but we're reapplying, so yeah. we're, um, that's all good. But, uh, but yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day about how, for me, I think that writing regularly and writing uh, for my own benefit uh, really helps me in terms of my mental health so I call it mind jogging um, because it's kind of exercising the brain and uh, it sort of is it feels like it releases the same endorphins as it would if you went for a run I'm not a runner but I imagine if I was a runner it would feel the same way how about yourself Bell then I'm, well, I, I'd say it's always a mixture and it all, always depends. So I do quite a lot of community or, you know, creative facilitation in different ways. But I also, and I do get commissioned to, to write plays and do things, but also end up trying to create projects and create work. So sort of on the personal side, I feel like I'm a natural collaborator. So I like working with people. So I might come up with a project where, where I'm going to have another art form involved or I'm going to be like, like creating the podcast. I'm not just going to write a children's story, an eco story. I want to write one where I've got an actress who's going to get some work out of it and will narrate beautifully and I'll have a soundscape and musician and so it's really trying to create what you can and pay people I think it's very very important to pay people 
and then and then I you know and then I might be doing my own writing as well so it's a whole mixture and it really depends so and and to try and do projects on all different levels I think that's quite important too so mm. and encourage you, you know your creativity is always actively massively actively energized and involved in any community project that you might be doing or working with young people so or, or whatever group I, I've been working quite a lot with adults with different you know from different parts of the community and that's been lovely so there's always something new to learn and that always inspires inspires you but um financing and resourcing is so important and i think for community art you know that it's um it's incredible value for money any money that goes into community arts helps people profoundly can really change lives and so you know i just think that should be greater greater investment in what's happening in the communities but also uh you know in, in community artists i think we get you know you, you you feel like sometimes you have lower status we shouldn't we are just try, trying to change little bits of the world Mm. which is also what I think art is about yeah I mean funding and, and art has always been a, a big issue uh, and that's sort of certainly at this time it's so difficult to, to keep people in some kind of funding uh, and keep them and sort of paid and like you say writing for, for people um, just to give them the opportunity to, to be paid and to, to actually work is, is, is quite magnanimous as well I'd say the, one of the saddest things that I've seen with the pandemic um, is to see a friend of mine, an incredibly talented actress, who's given up the state has had to, and is now working like like call centre telephone work, and uh, and it's a it just feels tragic because there's all that talent that is that has gone to waste. Not, you know, and if you're not working as an artist or in any form like that, it, it, it impacts on your confidence, on your ability to move forward. Well, that that was one of the things that I mentioned. That was uh, a, a project run by the Arts Council, which is DYCP, which is Develop Your Creative Practice, which is an opportunity. It's a grant up to about £10,000. So if you have something that meets the criteria and ticks all the boxes, um, one thing I found is that they won't do film, but they will do theatre and and. Um, written work and other activities so it's definitely if you've not come across it it's certainly worth investigating yeah it is, it is definitely one thing that we'd like to do is to do a, a challenge for the the listeners an artistic challenge to try and encourage them to to get involved to do something to that's in the style of either writing or, or poetry uh, something encompassed with um, the hashtag share local arts. So is there something, Leanne, have you, have you got something in mind that you can challenge the, the listeners to? Yeah, sure. Um, what I would like to do is to challenge you all to write a short poem. It can be uh, four, five, six lines long. And I'd like you to start with the line, when all this is over, I will... And your poem doesn't have to rhyme. Um, it doesn't have to necessarily be a story. It doesn't even have to make sense if you don't want it to. I just want you to start with that line and reflect on maybe um, some ambitions, maybe something wonderful that you're looking forward to doing. Yeah, just let your imagination run wild. When all this is over, I will. That sounds great. Belle, what have, you, have you got something? Well, I'm just off the top of my head. I because I I think that 
you can create stories out of asking questions. So um, this isn't really related to the lockdown or anything, but it is related to the natural world in a way. So I'd like you to go out and find a stone. If I'd been really clever, I'd have one in my hand to show you now. But anyway, go out and, and find an interesting stone and then and then ask answer two questions in a very short, short story, or make it as long as you like, and that is where you found it and what you did with it. And it's quite remarkable. It might be something very simple. It might be that you found the stone and you threw it through your next door neighbor's window. I'm not really advocating you do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be. <laughs> you know, you found, you found the stone, you picked it up and looked at it, and it spoke to you. Somehow you realise that uh, that sudden, somehow over lockdown could be absolute nonsense, um, that you had acquired the power of communication with stone. Mm. I mean, you can do anything with a stone, you know, or you could, you know, you could find it and you could give it to someone else. And giving it to someone else, they then gave it to another person and they passed it on. And eventually it arrived in the hand of someone who, who really needed it, kept it in their pocket. I mean, you, you can do anything you like. You can throw it to the moon. You can, it could be a bit of space rock, whatever you mm. like, but where you found it and what you did with it. Well, you're just saying that. You've got that uh, meteorite, that a couple of meteorites that landed in, um, was it Bristol area and one in sort of um, Jersey area just in the last week or so. So, you know, that's completely plausible. You know, you could go into your garden and find a piece of meteorite in there and that, that would tell a whole different story as well. Where you found it, what you did with it. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to meet your cat. Yeah. What's his name? Brambles. Brambles. Hello, yeah. Brambles. <laughs> yes, dinner time. <laughs> okay, some, something to take away then. What what can, can you share with the, the listeners? What's to inspire them to maybe take up writing or, or poetry? My inspiration then is that I think when we think about writing and writers, we think about people who are writing perfect drafts of things first time. So my takeaway to you is that I want you to take five, ten minutes, maybe every morning, just to write entirely for yourself this is a piece of writing, could be a journal, could be a poem, could be just, you know, a reminder, a list of things to remember for the day. But I want you to write that safe in the knowledge that no one else will ever see it apart from you. And you'll be flabbergasted by how brilliant your writing can be when you're freed from the idea that other people will see it and judge it. Yeah. A new bell. I think that's that's really true. I'll echo everything you say, Leanne. I often ask children, "What's the best thing about writing?" And sometimes, really sadly, they'll say uh, they'll, they'll talk about grammar or punctuation, which is uh, what what is being force fed on very young children in schools at the moment. But um, I would say the best thing is play. I, I mean, it's, it's just really to. And to indulge yourself, to play, to surprise yourself, because once you start writing, you're on a lifelong adventure. That's that's where what I think happens. But you have to give yourself permission to do that and to go on that adventure and do it for yourself. I completely agree with you. And if you're 
thinking sometimes, you know, that you're going to be judged by others. There is no judgment in writing. It's your place to, uh, to explore the world and to explore yourself. And you will always, always surprise yourself. And there's no better way of living, I do. So that's my takeaway. Right. Well, we're going to have to end, I'm afraid. This, is, uh, this has been a wonderful chat. And uh, it would be nice if we could maybe do a, another one in a couple of months' time when things have changed and the world has moved on and, and we can actually do more. It might be worth doing something like a follow-up of sort of how we've re-emerged back into the big world again. Thank you for joining us today. I would like to thank our two special guests, uh, Leanne Moden and Belle Greenwood. Uh, we'd like to thank Marketplace for supporting us. And join us next time where we'll be talking to people who have had experiences with video uh, incorporated, incorporated that within their um, artistic practices. So until then, thank you very much. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me, David Johnson, and my guest today. The Art of COVID Chat podcast is a DMJ imagery production working with the Fenland Films Initiative and commissioned by Marketplace, a creative people and places project celebrating creative communities across Fenland and West Suffolk. Developed by Arts Council England and supported by National Lottery Funding, for more details visit cppmarketplace.co.uk. I hope you'll follow our podcast and we'll bring you more chat and news soon. Thank you for listening. <laughs>